that's because fiber fiber is good for blood sugar fiber is good for blood fat and fiber is good for your microbiome Hi friends, in this Bite Size Biohacks episode, you're going to hear a little clip from my interview with Dr. Will Bolschwitz, also known as Dr. Will B, for ease of saying it. Um, he is the gut health MD. He's also the medical director of Zoe in the US, which is a very exciting company if you haven't heard of it. And if you're here in the UK, you've probably heard Tim Spector talking about it, where they assess your microbiome alongside your blood glucose uh, and your response to food and what, really what your body's doing. And it's really interesting research that they're doing there they've already kind of done it on around 20,000 people there's a, a long wait list um, to get on to have this testing done uh, I'm super excited to do this at some point but what's really interesting is the um, evidence that's coming out around what influences um, insulin resistance and I think many of you probably listening are interested in tracking your blood glucose and you may even be wearing something like a CGM and monitoring the spikes but another metric that is worth looking at is actually your fasting insulin um, to see if you do have a degree of insulin resistance because keeping um, the glucose within a sort of tighter range and flattening the curve is important but also um, making sure that you have really good insulin sensitivity and what's interesting, uh, as you'll learn in this clip, is that there is a theory around lipotoxicity and actually the contribution that saturated fat intake can, uh, can make to insulin resistance. So if you feel like you're not controlling your blood sugar that well, it can be easy to assume that the first thing you need to do is to remove carbs and go on a kind of much higher fat diet. But the quality of those fats and the type of fats make a difference. And the other thing to think about is also um, the fiber in your diet. Um, as Dr. B says, fiber is good for your blood sugar, it's good for blood fat, and it's really good for your microbiome. And what's really interesting is that even in identical twins, for example, who share the same genetics, they may only share 35% of the same microbiome. And that's not obviously when they're grown up and they've left home and they're living in different environments, you would expect it to be different then. But that's actually when they're still living together. And what we're starting to understand from um, the work of Tim Spector and Dr. Will B uh, and Zoe um, and many other ind individuals that are leading this field is that your microbiome makes a huge difference to the way you control your blood glucose and things like your insulin sensitivity as well. So I'm going to share a clip now uh, from my second interview with Dr. Will B that you can have a listen to. And if you want to listen to the full episode, it is episode 167. And what about people who are not obese and you see insulin resistance? Uh, we, were, we were talking ourselves previously uh, you know, I was diagnosed in my 20s with PCOS. That seemed to occur looking back because I was just prescribed birth control by, by my doctor uh, right from the teen from my teenage years, right? And these cysts were accruing and then they diagnosed insulin resistance as part of that in my 20s. I'd never been obese. I was always kind of slim, quite lean, actually. How does that occur in an individual? This actually happens in my wife's family. My... Okay. Uh... Hopefully she won't hear this podcast. She might not be happy about it. <laughs> Mother-in-law is real thin. I mean, she is real thin. She is tall and she is skinny. And yet she has insulin resistance. Right. And it runs in the family. And it brings us into talking more about this free fat because the 
mechanism of getting free fat, one of the mechanisms is obesity. It's not the only mechanism. The other mechanism is through our diet. And our diet, I'm going to talk in a moment about the different components that can drive up free fat. Um, you know, that like sort of the choices you can make from a dietary perspective. But let's pause on that and let's talk instead about the microbiome for a moment. Because the microbiome ultimately is related to the way that we process our food. And actually is a part of establishing what our blood sugar is after a meal. And also what our what our uh, blood fat is after a meal. So the microbiome is like centrally involved in this entire equation that you and I are talking about right now, which is our metabolism. And so what that means is that a uh, just using my mother-in-law as an example, not necessarily you, Angela, but you know, a, a tall, thin woman or a man or whoever it might be, someone that you don't view as having a metabolic issue, there may be something within their microbiome that could be inherited from a genetic perspective, but could also be just translated and passed down through families. There could be something within their microbiome that basically they have a disproportionate release of free fat after a meal. Interesting. Can you fix that then? Like, could eating more fiber fix that issue and rebalance? Or would it be a case of taking specific like probiotics? How would you, and I know you've been working, because there's some really, like Zoe here, I think is waitlisted, isn't it, in the UK? But there's yeah. really, really interesting tests from what we were saying last time, where you can use a CGM combined with testing the fat in your blood, combined with a microbiome test to see what's going on, right? I'm super interested in that. I mean, I, I would love to talk about that more because a lot of what I'm referring to right now, many of the things and many of the uh, studies to back up the, the words that are coming out of my mouth actually are coming from research that we have done as a part of Zoe. And, um, and we can talk more about what Zoe is and how, it, and how it's involved in sort of optimizing this. But it actually, what you just asked me leads us into actually a perfect... Um, conversation about this, which is that, so you, Angela, are a unique person. Um, it's not just your genetics. In fact, believe it or not, you and I share most of the same genes, like more than 99% of the same genes you and I share, but it's more so your microbiome that makes you very unique. If you had a literally identical twin, Okay, that person has the same genetic code as you, the same mother, um, in most cases, grows up in the same household, and you would only share about 35% of the same microbes. Wow, really? Even in the same household, before you've left home, only about 35%, isn't that interesting? About 35% of the same microbes. That's So you are more different than you are the same. How interesting. And um, there are 8 billion people on the planet now. And we believe, like, sincerely, from a scientific perspective, that there are no two people that are the same in terms of their microbiome, that we are that unique and individual among 8 billion people, like not even two people that are the same. Wow. So um, that unique individuality 
is a very relevant part of explaining our unique responses to food. Everyone knows there is no one size fits all mm. when it comes to nutrition. Mm. And, okay. you know, it's not to say that there aren't rules, you know, the world doesn't get turned upside down. There is no person out there that eating cupcakes is actually like making them live longer. Right. I mean, let's not be ridiculous. But but the impact of cupcakes could be different for different people. Some people, it's not going to cause as much of an issue as others. Right. The impact of certain foods could be different for different people. Um, and so what you're doing is you're you're basically identifying how specific foods interact with a person's unique biology. Well, this is the question that we uh, sought out to understand with Zoe, which is that can we explain this? Can we look at a person's microbiome and simultaneously understand what they're eating, what their blood sugar is doing, and what their blood fat is doing? Because as you can tell from our conversation, going back to the beginning where I'm trying to unpack lipotoxicity, what I'm talking about is there's blood sugar, there's blood fat, and they're actually interconnected. They're not completely separate, right? So this is all one part of our big picture metabolism. And is actually, interestingly, it's quite scary. I always say like, bio, you know, bioindividuality is key because a lot of people would automatically jump to the conclusion, well, what I must do is go on a higher fat diet. But what's interesting is that the way you metabolize those fats, right, plays a part. And when I looked, for example, we know I'm sensitive to sugars. And that might be my microbiome as well, but I've also tested my genetics and I am highly sensitive to carbs, but I'm also highly sensitive to fats. So in this situation, in somebody who then also has a degree, I don't know if I have insulin resistance now, but, you know, was diagnosed originally, I've really kind of looked after my diet. But at that point, going high fat could actually have been more of a disaster with, with that background. So uh, if we think about it in terms of going back to the free fatty acids, and we think about this in terms of insulin resistance specifically, not necessarily what your blood sugar is doing, but specifically talking about insulin resistance and your ability to process and metabolize um, sugar. Uh, the free fatty acids, they can come from obesity. We talked about that before. But then the diet, here comes the diet as being this driver that determines what's going on with these free fatty acids. And the main thing in the diet that's going to drive up free fatty acids that people need to know about is um, saturated fat, you know, even worse, actually, the worst is trans fat, trans fats are mm. the worst. But <laughs> thankfully, we all like this is like one of the few things in the nutrition world that every single person will agree on is trans fats aren't healthy. Okay, cool. So yeah. we're on the same page there. But in addition to trans fats, saturated fat, saturated fat really appears to drive up uh, free fatty acids. And therefore, predispose us to this insulin resistance. And so where does saturated fat come from? The principal source in most diets in the US and the UK is actually animal products. Like saturated fat is the dominant type of fat that you will find in animal products. You'll also find it though, in coconut, uh, coconut oil, and palm or palm oil. And what I'm saying is that so like, olive oil or avocados or nuts they have fat but the fat is not mostly saturated fat and it's 
really, to me, is the saturated fat that is the principal driver of the free fatty acids after a meal. So what I'm saying is that people who, for example, go keto, could, could you go keto and emphasize olives, olive oil, nuts, avocados? Could you do that? You could. That's not what most people are doing. Most people who are doing keto, they're going very, very high on the saturated fat. And that's because their diet becomes, you know, again, 70, it's most people would do 70% fat, 70% of their, of their macros are fat. And um, usually that's made up of mostly animal products, plus some like processed foods that are keto friendly. And if you check the label on those processed foods, I would imagine that in many cases, you're going to find coconut oil or palm oil. And what about like um, omega-6 fats? So because you could, you could, if you're going very high fat, you could also go quite high omega-6 inadvertently, right? Through different kind of seeds, seed oils, um, nuts, things like that. Um, where do you come out on that? And how much would that contribute to it? Well, so it, it contributes. It doesn't contribute in the same way that um, separated fat contributes to lipotoxicity. Okay. Uh, Omega-6s are a different topic because I, I so let's um, step away from the insulin resistance for a moment. Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.